she's the queen of still doing a one over like a free ball and getting a kill versus four people on a small court. I'm like, how does wow. she do that? It's impressive. Yeah. Kind of kept, do you do it when we're like not paying attention? It's like, we're trying to get back to our position yeah. and we're falling asleep. But like you, you're so fun to play with against fours. Cause you just don't millionize you. Yeah. When I go one way and when I, no. <laughs> Welcome to Bet on Her, the empowering podcast that highlights remarkable women who have conquered challenges, shattered glass ceilings, and blazed trails in their respective fields. We're your hosts, Gina, Kelly, and myself, Dana. And today, this podcast is sponsored by Trust and Will. We have the incredible honor of featuring an extraordinary athlete who has left an indelible impact on the world of beach volleyball. Get ready to inspire as we delve into an awe-inspiring journey of Misty May Trainer. Misty May, a name synonymous with excellence, tenacity, and unyielding determination, has redefined the game of beach volleyball. As a three-time Olympic gold medalist, she has defied expectations and overcome countless obstacles to become a true icon in the world of sports. Her relentless pursuit of greatness and unwavering self-belief make her a beacon of inspiration for women everywhere. Welcome, Misty. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for being here. <laughs> yeah. That, that gave me chills. Yeah. Wow. I was uh, texting with Carrie this morning and she, I told her you were coming on the podcast and she's like, tell her she's mystical. Oh, well, I'm glad she answers the phone for you because I tried calling her. We had this thing. I was supposed to call her on the way yeah. in. She's on a four hour drive. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, don't leave it. You know her thing. Sorry. Don't leave a message. Text while I'm driving. So I can't message box full. <laughs> So I'm glad she picked up for you. Yeah, she asked yeah. me to call her after okay. my podcast. No, That's we have a meeting after. I'll tell her that you called. <laughs> Let her know I'm waiting for a phone call. Four-hour drive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, we're so happy to have you on here. Yeah. And um, it's always just so great, I feel like, to be in your presence. And I, I, I've I, met you when I was really young. And I think that's one, one thing that's so special about you as an athlete is that you've you're so personable. And you remembered my name. And every time I saw you, you'd be like, Gina, how's it going? I'm like, oh my God, Misty knows my name. But like, I mean, obviously I've gotten to know you more, but um, I just want you to know what an impression that made on me. And I'm sure that you've made an impression like that on other people as well. So um, I hope so. And I hope I remember their names like yours. <laughs> <laughs> as we get older, you know, yeah. the memory fades. Oh, yeah. No, okay. I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, but we kind of wanted to get first start getting into uh, what you've been up to, you know, lately, because I know that uh, you helped out at a couple different schools. Um, you did some panels and then um, you also still play fours with, um, you know, you stay connected with some old players and friends that you used to compete against or with. Um, weren't you teaching like an orange theory class too? With COVID, I was like, I'll get my personal training license. I mean, I like doing a bunch of things. I have to stay busy, um, but I'm learning with kids not too busy because they take up the majority of your time. So I got my, during COVID, I got my personal training and started teaching classes at Orange Theory. Then when school went back in, I said, I can't teach the early 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. anymore. Uh, still worked out there and then just kind of fizzled. And now I teach a class at F45. So I work out at F45 and I, I teach a class at F45 because they asked me. I was like, okay, I'll fill in. No worries. Like, I like yelling at people. <laughs> how many how many classes do you teach in a week? Just one. Okay. Yeah. 
but it felt um nothing wrong like with any workout mm-hmm. and it took me even a, as a professional athlete a while to find out what worked best for me it's like you're always constantly learning there's new things being taught and it's what works best for your body and i liked orange theory when i was pregnant and uh but i'm not a runner anymore because i have a metal knee so i became a power walker and then it was rowing and i still enjoy it it was a lot of cardio which i liked mm-hmm. but the f45 now i feel um is more cohesive to what i did as an athlete like the cleans and kind of the more of the weight yeah portion yeah so yeah i love f45 do you guys ever take a class yeah i have i like the circuit aspect of yeah. it because you're getting cardio as well as strength training yeah so it's all right everything you could want i just like to stay active yeah i have to i gotta keep moving for my kids <laughs> seriously <laughs> and for the fours yeah yeah <laughs> we have players like gina kelly came out and i'm like i i don't want to get pegged in the head yeah oh my gosh you're so i gotta okay <laughs> can we talk about, we need to talk about the fours misty is like the mvp of, of these fours. fours event yeah so it's like you can give a little context but like explain kind of what fours for people who don't really know what we're talking about so four on four i really like it because if you're a beginner or an indoor player wanting to make a transition out i would recommend playing fours because you get a setter you got three hitters or two hitters and a defender there's just more people on the court now i'm not gonna say older the veterans that we all get together thursday and a couple of us have titanium joints so we have to add more people (laughs) but we get our two games in. we took it back old school so you got to serve for a point um but you still we still have the let serve and all that but it's the rallies last at least like 45 seconds to a minute i mean they could be long but i with when i started to come back i was like okay i'll just be the defender and run around they were like no we need you to hit so i hit and block and but it's fun it's exercise whether you win or lose it's just calories being burned and exercise and having fun and laughing and yeah, and, a good staying time. Con- and staying connected with those people yep. too. Uh, I jump in every now and then. Kelly does too, but uh, every once Mist- in a while. But- Misty's yeah. still can. She's the queen of still doing a one over, like a free ball, and getting a kill versus four people on a small court. I'm like, how does wow. she do that? It's impressive. Yeah, kind of. Ca- do you do it when we're like not paying attention? It's like we're trying to get back to our position, <laughs> yeah. and we're falling asleep. But like you. You're so fun to play with against fours because you just don't millionize you. Yeah, when I go one way and when I no. <laughs> that's talent right there. I love it. It's that's so fun. So fun. I'd love to see that one day. You should come. I'd love to film it. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, Same if you time. play this Thursday, I'm playing. Okay, maybe Dan. I just haven't put my in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just I'll go back and I'll type the I in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. All caps. <laughs> I in. Yeah. Um. And then what about your, so how old are your daughters now? So uh, Matt and I have three. So we have yes. twins that are five and then Malia's eight. She'll be nine, two weeks from now. Oh, crazy. So, yeah. So time is flying by. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're busy with them. Uh, so going back to kind of what we're doing, uh, both retired, just keep my hand in things. I was assistant coach for a uh, little juice, soccer team. And I was the agro coach, you know, like five years old you're not listening do push-ups or jumping jacks with it you know get to the back of the line i even kicked my own kids out oh there went the ball. get to the back of the line you don't get another turn <laughs> wait your turn uh but i was assistant for that and then we do a lot of volunteer at the schools um and then we started a family foundation so i haven't this will kind of be the first time talking about it because i want to make sure everything was in order 
but the MT Ohana Foundation. So our first um, kind of fundraiser, it is going to be raised for Barbara May Scholarship. So I wanted to do something in memorial to people that I lost, that Matt's lost, um, and be able to give back. So the foundation isn't geared towards one aspect because I love animals. So we have an animal aspect, like we can give to different charities. Um, my mom was cancer. I want to give scholarships uh, for up and coming players because that's where I started. I went to a local, um, it was called Long Beach Century Club when I started out on the AVP tour. I couldn't afford my first trip. So I went to them and asked for like a grant of money to fly me to Fort Lauderdale and was able to kind of start the process there. So I want to be able to offer that because um, I was lucky enough to do that, but just using our voice and being able to give back and showing our kids the importance of giving back. So we're going to raise money for Barbara May scholarship. And I talked to CB at the CBBA for the hall of fame and we will offer to, there'll be a process. So we're going to put the application online shortly, but we'll offer two scholarships to the um, winners of, I think it's the Cal cup or whatever for the young players. So one boy, one girl will get money divvied out that's awesome so, yeah to help yeah. pay for training and Very eventually cool. i want it to cross over i thought you know on the more professional side like i said one of my trips if somebody needs a grant being able to offer that because i know how it is it's i know how tough it is you know some paycheck to paycheck some carry jobs and it's like just even offering a plane ticket or hotel stay can make the difference between main draw and qualify you know yeah it totally can help so just pushing that. Um, but again, just using our voice and I wanted something that was legacy for my kids to be able to give back and yeah. What was the name of it again? It's the May Trainer Ohana Foundation. Okay. But website it's a I did it myself. But mtohanafoundation.org. Awesome. So we'll have to check that out. It's yeah. a work in progress, but yeah. we'll we'll plug it. Fun. Yeah. So um and then mm -hmm. your daughters are interested in a lot of different sports too, right? NASCAR, one of them. Oh, we love NASCAR. Yeah, yeah. Love NASCAR. We love hockey. In fact, my driver won this week. I was like, I was busy at a birthday party at Soak City this weekend, <laughs> but I was like, all right, Kyle Larson won. All right, he won the All Star race this weekend. Um, but we like to have them into everything. I think being a kid at this point in time is so important. Um, everybody's becoming specialized, but I still believe in you are a kid, even a junior. You're a young athlete. Play as many sports get involved, get uncomfortable, meet new people. And you just never know what's going to happen with your body, what's going to happen with your mind, uh, growth spurt, whatnot, what you end up loving, enjoying, you know, scholarships available. So I, I like to see them introduced to a bunch of different activities. And then ultimately they can decide. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's important. Um, makes for well-rounded athletes. Um, and one athlete I think that is well-rounded and obviously excelling right now that you've, I think, been a mentor towards is Sarah Hughes, um, who's obviously a big name in the, sp in the beach volleyball sport right now, but um, kind of like uh, wanted to ask like maybe who your mentor was when you were playing um, and then kind of maybe if you wanted to get into the relationship of between you and Sarah as well. I mean, I think there were a lot of mentors. I looked up to everybody. AVP was very male dominated. So I always watched Karch Cry play and um, like Sinjin Smith and I'd watch them and then they started to have, it was, I think they only had four players, but the women would play, um, 
a match before the finals. And so you had Cami Sorelli and Holly and uh, Angela Rock. And so I grew up watching them play. So I, I would say I tried to model my game or I tried to pick different aspects of everybody's game to help study and develop mine. But coming into the professional level, I would say Holly was probably one of the most important. She took me under her wing and just to learn from her traveling. I made my mistakes. I gave her all the gray hair she has now is because of, <laughs> of me. She keeps it covered by all the gray hair. But um, I would say she would be one of the biggest mentors because on the travel, you know, on the professional side. Um, but, you know, our parents, they're there and they kind of help guide and lead you and they're a sounding board for you. So, I mean, for me, I would say everybody had kind of a piece and what I was able to accomplish. Yeah, good support system and good people to look up to. Um, and then I know your your father, Butch, he's still coaching too, right? Or still helping out a he little sh bit? He shuffles around out there. Yeah. Really shuffles. <laughs> Define shuffling. He, he leans shuffling. forward and goes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he still will get out there and it, ke it keeps him going. Um, he was at the AVP over the weekend and he actually left... Um, Malia's track meet and then went right to the AVP and he's good friends with, um, the crab brothers dad. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. With Chris. So, uh, he enjoys watching all the players and he was excited to see, I think Brent Doble was down there. He said he ran into him and he was excited to see him and, you know, just, it brings back probably a lot of memories for him, but he does still mentor some athletes. Um, Jacinda Ramirez who plays for LMU was one of his that he would train. And, um, so, you know, he, when he's asked to help, he'll help, but there's not like a solid group that he, right, yeah, yeah, that's cool that he's still involved though. So he likes it. Yeah. I'll drag him out for, I'm not that I'm doing my clinics that much anymore, but, um, if there is one, I'll always bring him cause he's a, his mind is sharp and he has a lot of good things to say. He's very old school, which I like. Mm -hmm. So he kind of, I don't want to say dumbs it down, but he'll, if I say it a certain way, you know, you can get a different aspect from him. Yeah. And then the kids seem to understand or. Yeah. I've worked with him a couple of times back in the day, but uh, yeah, I really liked, I I kind of like the old school style too a little bit, but um, I feel like that's a good segue into getting to kind of like how the game has changed in your mind. Um, you know, cause obviously there's uh, teams are incorporating different things now at the top level. Um, so in your opinion, how has the sport evolved? I feel like Matt and I have this conversation a lot, both baseball and I feel on the volleyball side of becoming very analytical, um, data, people are going more with data, like speed of serve. And I hate miss serves. Right. But I guess, you know, the thing is, well, if I can get an ACE and then miss a cert, like that's a good thing. And in my head, I'm like, that's crap, you know, like <laughs> put the ball in play and play deep, but like, don't let them off the hook. Right. Um, so there's that. Uh, I mean, that athletes are, I feel like getting more physical, they're getting taller. Um, I would like to see, I don't want to say more split blocking, but I don't think a lot of the defenders learn the different position as much anymore. And I think that's just a piece that would make them better. Now everybody's like, I'm a blocker or I'm a left side and I'm a right side instead of I could do both or what do you need me to do and flip flop. Um, and I think the block, I've, blocking has changed. It used to just be a two, a one, and a ball. Now it's a four and a three. And to me, I'm like, that's the same concept. You're just 
you're just making it more difficult. Like I, you know, offensively, <laughs> this year, right? I'm like, this is, you guys are making it more complicated than just it has to be. Even the offense um, plan plays. I just feel like if you know the rhythm and the timing and you can feel the flow of the game, it just happens organically. Like it shouldn't be a forced play. And I feel a lot now is becoming forced. And I think I saw that. Um, I just, I didn't get to watch much this weekend because I was busy with the kids. But on one of the Instagram, I think Sarah and Kelly, they won because there was a forced over on two, right? Or something. That was match point. Yeah. Right? And I think so. Yeah. Julia hit it out. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, it. to me, it was just a forced. It didn't have to be. It like needs that, to be organic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Fascinating. I don't know. I just feel like you learn the simple game, you learn the blocking, you know, and then everything lines up, you know, the defender should be able to read and you just kind of play cohesively. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, nothing wrong with um, the athletes now, but I feel everything is, they're always trying to figure out play to play or they're um, just so overanalyzing and overthinking everything and it does just play. Feel the flow and just play. I'm kind of like that as far as just less is more for me and just like kind of feel the rhythm and see how the match unfolds. Give yourself to the tech, see what's happening, and then just like be ready to just adapt and adjust. And I feel like was your play kind of like that as well? Or how how did you kind of implement implement that as a player for yourself? I did. I So I really like we had great coaches. Um, I really liked I didn't watch much video. And I'll be honest with you, like I would much rather watch a video on myself training or what I'm doing so I can correct it as opposed to watching another team and scouting via video because as a defender, it was harder for me to make that adjustment watching film on a team that was either playing somebody else or playing us previously because it changes, right? There's never the same kind of shot like it. Everything changes in our game or indoor. It's a little more pinpoint that we know in this rotation they're going to run this play or that play each we don't know the wind could be blowing opposite direction and I mean there's many factors but I like watching the shot chart I got locked in a little better with defense when I saw a shot chart it just allowed me to kind of narrow my choices down or see where they were going um but I always felt like I'm one of those calm collected people on the court I didn't let my emotions get too much of me um, but adjusting is the main thing, you know, learning to adjust and not overthinking it so much. So when you and Carrie were playing, like, would you guys just be in a ball read or you kept it pretty simple as far as one, two, you kind of just gave each one, two ball. Like if we were out of rhythm, we always went to the ball. Cause it was like, okay, if she can line up and she can get in a rhythm, then I can get in a rhythm defensively. But we, out of our all years, we never ran a four or three that it didn't exist. Like it didn't exist. Um, it was just a one or two. Wow, old school. That's interesting that it's it's basically break. So I was a swim team coach for a long time, and f- um, I would teach from infants all the way through adults and masters. And I would see some coaches go the full twenty five meters, and allowing these swimmers to make the same mistake for that full full lap or full length of the pool. And I was like, well, why are you doing that? They're repeating that mistake. Just just um, cut it in half and then work on that that technique and then you're going to increase it through practice so it sounds like what you're saying is watching yourself your 
correcting your own mistakes, right? And fix, fixing that, perfecting that before you apply it to, you know, tournament play. Well, I like to because I'm a visual. visual for as much yeah. as I want to say, oh, yeah, I can turn it on by somebody telling me, it always helps to see what you're doing. Yeah. So the coach could say, wow, you're not getting, you need to get your shoulder up. And to me, I'm like, it feels like my shoulder's up and it feels right. Then I see it on video. I'm like, oh, yeah, I see yeah. what they're talking. You know, mm -hmm. I see what they're talking about. But I think you're on it. It's like the longer you let bad things go, mm -hmm. the longer it's going to take to correct it. So I like to figure it out right away. And it's hard on the athlete and it's hard on the coach because there is going to be that downslope. Nobody likes uncomfortable. Yeah, learning curve. A learning curve. Yeah. And nobody likes uncomfortable mm -hmm. and being unsuccessful. But then doing it the right way, you're going to get unsuccessful. And then it starts to go up yeah, and it becomes more consistent and then it feels better. And then you can keep adding. Yeah. 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 There's something too, for me, I find benefit in um, watching players I want to emulate too. So like watching old film of you or watching old film of so-and-so and seeing what you guys did. And then I try to emulate that as well. So obviously I think there is definitely a benefit to watching yourself, but I also kind of like to watch people who I want to, take little pieces from and make it my own also kind of like you were talking about of growing up watching those players and making it your own game and it's tough because to be at the top you have to become a student of the game and you got to put your what you think you know to the to the side like your ego and some players will do that and some won't some think they have it and know it and they're not interested in sitting and watching so-and-so play because they're like oh why would I be watching her you know so it's the ones that kind of put that ego to the side and say, maybe I don't know. I'm going to watch, um, let's say Duda, you know, and I'm going to see what she's, what she's doing. But you have a lot that are so still hard headed that just, no, I know I got to focus on me and I know what I'm doing and I, I can fix it instead of letting that guard down and just saying, maybe there is somebody better. Maybe there, maybe there is somebody that does something better than I do. Yeah, I, the, the growth mindset, we've talked about that a lot on a couple different podcasts, but uh, I think it's really important as an athlete if you want to get to the top level. And um, like, obviously, we're touching base on a little, a few things that I'm sure were huge parts in your continued success over your career. But what else would you say that um, you consistently did on and off the court that ultimately led to no, you know, <laughs> I mean, however many years <laughs> of winning and winning and winning and more winning, you know? Um, I think I always had the blinders on, you know, you have to enjoy the journey, which is super important. Enjoy the process because there is a process to everything, but you have to enjoy the process. And I wish I would have done that just a little more, which is fine. Um, but I kept blinders on, I was putting the work in. So when I knew that I needed to do that much more just to stay ahead, I didn't want to play catch up. And, um, I felt I was very consistent at that, which made me the player that I was um but I wasn't afraid to ask questions either and I think one time I asked Kevin hey what Kevin Wong like what do you do on your blocking or what are you doing and he's probably like why are you asking me this you know ask questions that's the only way you can get better and feed off there's so many um experienced volleyball players and coaches and veterans that are probably happy to share information but if they're never asked then they're going to just keep it, you know, to themselves. So I think asking questions and. Yeah. Who, what player did you ask that you had like a really good conversation with? Like, oh, like this is really good insight. Do you remember? Or is there. Karch. 
what what was that what was that conversation i mean we i i worked out with him so i'd go behind him passing so he would go first and i would do it next and then i he'd do defense and i would do it next like i mean you can't ask for a better person to copy you right i was like oh okay this is awesome it's like 3d (laughs) 3d video training (laughs) so looking back at your career what were some of the personal sacrifices you made and um how did they shape your journey um i think you know with friends with friends and family we all sacrifice that time uh but it was a choice that i made so in hindsight i don't look at it as a sacrifice because i made the ultimate choice this is what i wanted to do and this is how i have to do it Mm -hmm. um so i mean would i love time back with my mom absolutely you know um would i like to be closer with my friend. Absolutely. But the ones that understand you are the ones to keep near you. Yeah. You know, and you start to kind of your village starts to maybe fade a little bit or people, you know, you lose some people, which is fine because the ones that understand you and that are there, those are really the ones you want on your team the whole time. Yeah. I mean, I feel you maybe even asked this question before, but what, what did each gold medal mean to you? And what um, what is your biggest takeaway from each quad? Um, they all had a different meaning. So the first one, I think Carrie and I were so naive going in. We had been uh, labeled the favorites. We had won most of the AVPs, and then we were labeled the favorites going into 2004. That Greece, you know, we're on the boat with the QM2 and with the NBA player, you know, we're treated like rock stars and get out there and we win. And then we're like, okay, party, off to AVP tournament. So it was just like, okay, this is what we do, and that's it. Um, then the second one, we made a coaching change. So our game kind of plateaued. Um, I felt we were the most physical in 2004. Game kind of plateaued. We needed a little bit of change. Karch had mentioned Troy Tanner, who came from the indoor side. So we kind of took a back step in our game. We really took it bo- uh, back down, broke it down again, focused on our passing just simplifying the game again. And Troy was really good. He, his mental, he's just a very Zen kind of, yeah, man, uh, type of personality and took it, took us down, um, worked on the fundamentals. So 2004 had that little different meaning because we weren't, we'd lost to the Chinese team. So it was going into the Olympics. We're playing in China. It's like, we're the favorites, but we had lost to this team before. And then we didn't know if we'd face our other, you know, American team of EY and Nicole. Um, and so that kind of brought a different uh, aspect in. But before the 04, I had pulled an ab muscle too. So that was kind of different. Carrie and I didn't practice for about like six weeks together. She played with Rachel Walkholder in a couple tournaments. And I said, I'll be back and so prepared for that. But 2008, we just, um, I felt like we worked a lot more on our mental game. So our mental game had picked up. And we had been there before, so we kind of knew what to expect. But our mental game was matching now our physical mm. game. Um, then, oh, wait, we won. We enjoyed that journey. I thought it was going to be my last one. Went dancing with the stars. <laughs> <laughs> Injured myself. Carrie had kids. You know, she had kids. Uh, so we took a two-year hiatus. And then I thought, well, I played in an AVP event. It was Brazil versus USA. I was like, so I was like a tank out there and I was like, I don't know if I can do this, but I'll try. And we ended up uh, coming in second in the event. So 
I said, okay, I think I can push for one more. And I know we wanted a family. Um, but when I had my family, I wanted to be able to be there for them. And so I said, okay, Matt, put family on hold. Let me get this out of my system. I got one more in me. And Carrie and I rejoined, even though she had already told Nicole she would. And I had to fly out here and we had a talk and, um, we came back together. Another coaching change. So we ended, we came back with Marcio, who was a fiery Brazilian. And um, we were not the heavy favorites coming in because we had not been together for two years, uh, hadn't really won anything, and um, just were not the favorites. We ended up winning Switzerland, the tournament leading into the Olympics, which I think was important because it set the tone for the Olympic Games. Um, and then we ended up winning a third playing against us, which was great, but probably the most nerve wracking match in all Olympic history for me playing against your own countrymen to get a gold. Um, so that was a completely different journey because I knew it was my last journey and we weren't the heavy metal favorites really. So I, I think I enjoyed that journey a little more and really opened up a little more to the process and really taking everything in for that last, last time. That sounds like a little bit of a better mentality than I think of if I knew it was my last tournament, my last Olympics, I'd be like, Oh my God, pressure's on, you know, but I think it's good that you, it sounds like, um, open to the possibility is a good. And with that one, you know, our Carrie will argue with me. So if you talk to her, she'll probably, she will say something different. But I will honestly tell you, physically, I felt like I was going like this. Mentally, I was still, like, strong. Carrie will be like, I was getting physically stronger, you know? And it's like, I, you know. Yeah. God bless her. But I was like, God bless you. But um, <laughs> physically, my 80% with my calf was, like, my 100%. And then I didn't feel like I was physically the same as the previous last two Olympics. But mentally, I knew I could outlast kind of every. Like we could do it. So I felt like our mental game then took over for the physical. So it went from physical to matched to more mental than physical. I think that's just how it kind of goes. And then you said Switzerland. So what event was that? Stad or Stad. So then when you won that just mentally, what was the shift like going into the Olympics after that? I just just think it leaves, I think, um, so actually we were testing out coaches. So Liz Masakine had us write a list of all the tournaments and our important, uh, Carrie and I and Liz were supposed to write out the importance of how we saw the year going, like what tournament from one to let's say 10, what, um, rank of importance is the tournament. And so when we came back to practice, Liz had like number eight as the first one, like, Oh, that should be like number eight. Cause we're just learning and growing. And you know, her numbers went kind of all over the place. And then Carrie and I randomly started low. And then number one was Switzerland. Like we matched. So it was like our numbers matched all the way up. And the reason you always want to leave that lasting impression with your competitors, right? So the last tournament, you don't see them for another two weeks. And now they're like, oh, the team's back. Like they won in Switzerland and now we got the Olympics. So there is no in between. So the last time they've seen us, we won that event. Just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor, Trust and Will. It's a super easy to use platform that helps you create a legal will, trust, or estate plan in just minutes. 
You can use the bet on her discount code for $50 off. Visit trustandwell.com. And that's I, what you want to do. You want to put that taste because now there's that, oh, we're in the tunnel and they're looking and they're like, you can tell if people are like ready or not or how they, I feel like the energy of others and you're waiting in the tunnel and people are looking the other way. I'm like, we got them today. Or mind, you know, mind, or, games. mind games. or like warming up, you see people taping and I'm like, we got them. And they, we, we're nervous yet. She's got a good eye. Yeah. That's how we are in fours. So one eye is going this way and one eye is the going chameleon. Yeah. The, the chameleon. I, yeah, I love the mind games. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you guys have any tech? Do you guys do anything in terms of mind games? When I play Kelly. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We get each other's head. But guys, Kelly, Kelly, Kelly likes to like chirp, chirp, like say funny things through the net. And I'm like, if I acknowledge her, I'm playing into her game. If I ignore her, I don't feed into it. But she then that. if you ignore me, then I'm just going to go head hunting and try and find her, <laughs> your ear, your earrings and try and knock them off. <laughs> I've lost two earrings because of Kelly, but yeah. That's do, do, have you ever uh, talked to the net? No, because you let your game speak. The only way to shut up a team and shut up a, a crowd is you just win. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then I always have that poker face. You don't know if I'm winning or losing. It's yeah. Winning or losing. Cool, collected. Yeah. I try. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but I, I, unless somebody starts it, like it, it happened more with our indoor college team than anything. Like if somebody started, then sure, then we'll let you have it or we'll let you know about it. But not so much on a volleyball court. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like I can't get under the net, and then I'm gonna go punch you. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, it just not like doesn't the man. happen. You know, you can't yeah. like yeah. I can't imagine you throwing a punch. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I I will tell, and maybe you'll have to ask the AVP. I don't know. I don't think I've ever gotten a yellow card. Mm. Or red that's card. pretty good yeah i don't think i have either you know why because my good stuff yeah. my dad always said the ref shouldn't you shouldn't have to rely on a ref's call you know mm. you should be winning enough that you shouldn't have to rely if bad now i didn't use my hands anymore because i hated getting called i was like oh i'll just go back to the bump but so the refs made me put my hands away yeah. <laughs> that's okay though it might work today <laughs> with today's hand setting i saw that and i was like what yeah. you have to face the same direction yeah. Have, they can have it spin you can you do, can do this yeah i saw the panel move a little yeah, <laughs> yeah it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> question i kind of wanted to ask about um because i think you had mentioned this to me before one time before and i it it stuck with me was how you don't you didn't envy what we have to go through as athletes now where we have sponsors and we've got to do all this social media obligation and stuff so what was marketing yourself how was it different when you were playing because I feel like I remember you told me you're like, you're like, all I had to do was show up and play. But like, obviously, it, it probably looks a little different, you know, when you were sponsored and stuff versus when what some of what we have to do. Yeah, I think what it is, is we had to do social media because it started to pick up. Okay. And I don't mind the social media side. I think what it is, is I don't like seeing athletes having to beg for a sponsor, you know, do your job and things will happen. Don't don't just pick up a sponsor just to pick up a sponsor. You know, find ones that work for you, that you are loyal to. Loyalty is a big thing with me with sponsors. And that's why I think I kept a lot of my sponsors for a long time was being very loyal. Um, we did a lot of appearances, so don't get me wrong, did a lot of appearances. Social media wasn't as big as it was now. So I understand the likes and not like, you know, and they're looking for um, certain aspects, which makes sense. 
I think what I was trying, I just don't like seeing athletes getting sucked in and just getting a sponsor just to get a sponsor because they feel like they have to have one instead of getting the right sponsor for them that is going to value them the way they should be valued and then carrying it on for a while and really gaining a relationship with the, with that company or that brand and yeah who were your spot who are your sponsors when you were playing oh geez yeah <laughs> i mean the ones that you were like very loyal to you had the relationships do you still have those relationships today what does that look like well i'm not playing so it's like everything's like kind of off the table now and i don't have um i had bole at one point i had, i was with oakley um gatorade visa uh i had xbox when xbox was um avp um chapstick and a lot of these brands were with the AV Neutrogena. I had a lot of these brands were with the AVP for a while. So um, they helped. The AVP did help find sponsorships as well. Um, and like being a Nike athlete. So my last Olympics, I was a Nike athlete. And I thought that was a cool. I had always wanted to be with Nike as a young kid. And I was head to toe. I was head to toe. And even after I was done, they stayed with my contract for a few years after and would aid in my clinics, you know, and that's very rare if you're done for a company to kind of continue mm -hmm. on. Um, but I always, uh, like Oro Wheat was one. I always found brands that I used. Purina was like, I did something with Purina. So uh, I always find found brands that I used and that I liked, not just to get the money and thank you very much. You know, I had to believe in what I was doing and selling and backing the products. Yeah, and I think it's important too because that's gonna make the marketing more effective as well. If you're somebody that truly believes in the brand and the people who follow you, you know, whether it's on social media or follow your career, like they're more likely, it's gonna be more beneficial for the brand too. So we had, I mean, we had chances like the alcohol and because I was doing clinics at the time, I just, I was like, eh, I don't, like since I'm doing clinics, I'd rather, not alcohol i'll drink it but i won't know i'll have. drink it after but uh you know so it's just different things mm -hmm. like that but um you know i just i think the athletes now have to understand there's a value and kind of once you set that value it's hard to kind of back down and if you see your value at a certain point make sure that you're receiving that from your partners and not just taking something filling up space and then devaluing yourself. Yeah. And it may be a waiting game. It may be something you're like, nothing's coming about, but there will be something, you know? Yeah, that's good advice. And there's so many brands out there, you know, and new ones popping up every day. So there are opportunities. Okay, Misty, you become an inspiration to countless individuals around the world. And this question is, comes from our sponsor, Trust and Will. Um, what message or legacy would you like to leave behind for future generations of athletes, particularly women striving to make their mark in sports? I think just stay true to yourself. I think stay, I mean, you see, I have no makeup. <laughs> I got to repurchase makeup. You look great. I try to remind my kids, like, you're beautiful on and off, like, on and off the court, uh, win or lose. But just staying true to yourself. Don't lose yourself um, with everything going on. Um, but I do have, we do have a trust. So, yes, I, very important <laughs> for all you people out there. 
Yeah. Um, especially with families, make a trust. Otherwise you're asking for problems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Later. <laughs> also good advice. Um, but no, I think, um, you know, that's the main thing. Keep your head, you know, if you have a specific goal in mind, um, use the nose as fuel to fire that within and make it possible. Right? There's nothing that's impossible. You can make everything possible. It just might take a different avenue for you to go, might take different work for you to go, but whatever you want, it's there. Um, but I just, you know, I think being a strong woman is key. And I, you know, when I coach these athletes, some of them won't want to bulk up, but they want to be, be this big because they're seeing somebody on social media. or, And it's like, no, be strong, you know. Strong athletic bodies are cool. And, um, but I just think don't lose yourself. Even if you have a small team around you, make sure it's a team that's lifting you up. Anything that's take, taking you away from your goal or uh, is causing drama, let it go. It's hard to cut those ties, but let it go. You know, at the end, you're going to float. You know, you want to float. You don't want to be anchored down. So it's okay to have a small team around you. Uh, just be aware of, you know, who you're involving in that team if you're headed in a certain direction. I like that. Yeah, I do too. Keep it simple. Great yeah. advice. Yeah. Um, can we do the speed round really fast? Do we oh, have yeah. for that? Yeah. But we didn't talk about Sarah. Oh, oh. she's a board member, by the way, in our foundation. Oh, she is. That's she awesome. Is. Yeah. So very cool. And congrats to her but for they, just winning yeah. the tournament this yeah. weekend. They kicked ass. Yeah. So. But anyways, that's a, yeah, I, I just uh, had to throw in. She's a board member. Yeah, I, uh, awesome. <laughs> I texted her yesterday and I was like, well, who did I text? I forget who I texted. I texted her. Congratulations. She, it was a great win. But I was like, she's a, a different type of athlete, a different breed. She works so hard and she's such a, has such a high IQ for vol in volleyball and she's everything. She's everywhere. And I admire her a lot. She's and she's great. a strong woman. She is so her, strong. Have you seen her workout? Her workouts, videos? yeah. She's changed. So that's one of the yeah. things. She's had to change her workouts and had to work on some aspects. You know, she's shooting line a little more. I was like, okay, finally, shooting <laughs> line. Um, but that's one that her training has changed. So you can tell it's changed on the court. Yeah. And it takes a while. It doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. And it takes just everybody, you know, you'll find what works for you. Do you think she's playing the best volleyball she's been playing? I still, you know, I'm the coach. I'm like, I still think there's some things they can work on. Mm -hmm. But the one thing I said they need, I would like to see them work on is consistency. They can't have the ups and it's like at this point now with them being together in college and then reunited and they're playing well, they got to start working on just more consistent Instead of ups and downs, you know. Yeah. yeah, especially now with the Olympic right. qualification, this is crunch time for them. So it'll be exciting to watch. I mean, this weekend they put on a show. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we'll do the quick speed round really okay. fast. Well, uh, that's speedy. It's going a little. Fast. It's gonna be just ten <laughs> questions. We'll see how this goes. But okay, the first question: jump serve or float serve? Float serve. Okay. Big court or small court? Hmm old school big court oh okay nice. side out or rally score side out oh yeah old school i like it okay humidity or dry heat humidity okay <laughs> wind ball or no wind 
Wind ball. Okay. Oh, yeah. Wind ball for sure. Stadium court or outer courts? Stadium. All right. Okay, girl. You you always had your little dance moves coming up. Yeah. I know. I loved it. You got to figure it out, you know? <laughs> Headband or visor? Headband. I don't want a ceiling. I feel like a ceiling is on me. Yeah, we. I always remember you wearing the headband. Yeah. The I, I've Nike. tried to wear a hat, and I'm like, oh, I feel like restricted. <laughs> okay, Mikasa Wilson or Spalding? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm gonna go Mikasa. That means I'm gearing up for the Olympics. Okay, uh, fours or twos or doubles? Oh, tough ones. Well, now it is forty and over fours. <laughs> that's if I was younger, doubles, but. That's a good answer. Yeah. All right. Last one. Uh, number 10. Sydney, Athens, Beijing, or London? London. Nice. Nice. That was good. That was a great awesome. answer. Was Wait, awesome. we got to insert. Oh, now the speed round with Misty May. Right here. That's what it is. <laughs> I do it again. You got to do it again. The magical oh, Moana. Yeah. And then, of course, the last question here, which is how do you take a bet on yourself or how have you taken a bet on yourself? It was coming back after my injuries. Yeah. So I think that's probably the Achilles, probably the worst injury I on anyone. And even when Kobe came back, I had, um, he said he would be back in eight months. And I was like, there, with all your doctors, I'm like, there is no way. Cause I had just gone through it. And my first tournament back, I tore my MCL because I went down for a short ball. It just changes your whole gait and your form of walk. You have to learn how to walk again. And my calf is not the same. And what happened, He, I think he went to cut in a game and he tweaked his MCL. And I was like, oh, same, same thing, just from the injury. And I was like, I hope he can get back in eight months, but I'm just being real. But I was like, oh, there's just no way. It took me a good year to figure it out. But I would say, that London games because nobody they were like oh well they're older now and yeah uh, the Achilles and nobody saw that but that's where if you're gonna bet on yourself then you keep your unit tight and you keep everything at home and between Carrie and I it was like we believed we can do it mm-hmm. whatever the outside chatter don't read articles don't look at anything and you keep it here it's stronger as a unit I'll always bet on myself I was trying to think of like um pressure because i feel like the athletes now have a lot of pressure and anxiety mm-hmm. and there's that like fear of faith it's like everybody fails right it doesn't failure makes you better but i was like if i was ever playing with somebody and even indoor i'm like i'll put the last point on me like i want the ball um i'll take that pressure off of you and it's not going to be if we win the game because of what I did on that play, but if we lose the game, I'm equipped to handle that failure that I'll take it. I'll relieve it from you. If that's how the outcome is going to be, I'll take all the pressure on my shoulders to help relieve that person. If that may, I don't know, you know why sense. I threw yeah. that in, No, but, no, but I yeah. was like, um, I was thinking about that today and I was like, I want to be that player. And I hope there's more players out there that are like, serve me. It's crunch. It's 22, 21, whatever. I'm equipped to handle this because I want to relieve the pressure of the team or I want the weight on my shoulders because ultimately in the end, it's going to be okay. Like, yeah, that, that's awesome. that makes sense. Good. Yeah. That's a good re- a reframe. Do you guys watch, uh, you guys watching the, uh, the NBA playoffs? Yeah. You guys are familiar it, with, are yeah. they on uh, Disney or are they on? Uh, <laughs> <Nickelodeon>? <laughs> no, un- unfortunately so, not. 
<laughs> That's a no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only reason I'm saying that is because uh, there's a saying of playoff Jimmy, Jimmy Butler from Miami. He's always like, he's a different type of player during the playoffs. And they're like, give him the ball. He wants to take the last shot. He could. He takes on that responsibility. Trust him with it. And if he fails, he could take it still, you know. But playoff Jimmy, playoff Misty. So, I like it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I threw that little tidbit. Oh, I, I love it. It, but it was great. I'm going to take notes on that. Yeah. So more, I, guess I think more players just have to, you know, crunch time. I just see the pressure and anxiety. And it's like there's going to be winners and there's going to be people that fall short. That's just the nature yeah. of sport. But it's like welcome that and say, I want the ball. I, I can do it. I believe in my ability. I can do it. And if for some reason it doesn't, then I'm equipped to handle that. And I will take, dang it, I could have put that away. I lost the game. It's okay. Yeah. You know, and yeah. allow, I don't know, the pressure to just go to the cloud. <laughs> the cloud. The cloud now. Wherever May, that is. The, the May cloud. gray that we've been having for yeah. three weeks. So. Yeah. How oh, cool. Well, this was great. It was great meeting you. Thanks for coming on our podcast. No problem. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. We'll have to have you back, and then we're going to have to play four soon. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. Do you play pickleball? Um, I did with Holly once, but there's pickleball courts near us. Mm. Um, I would love to play pickleball. We'll come to you. So, But yeah, I can play anywhere. I'll, I'll pickle it up anywhere. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but no, it's fun. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. Thank you so much. Haven't done many podcasts, but for you guys, yep. I will. appreciate it um, and very cool to announce about your foundation yes yeah. Yeah. we'll put a link for that no worries yeah and this is the bet on her podcast and cut great job everybody 